Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I am one of your hosts, Andy. I am one of your hosts, Bruce. And that's all we got. We got two hosts, and we are here to talk to you about casual things uh, regarding magic. We, we, we come here every week and talk about the fun times we have with the EDH format, uh, and sometimes we talk about Casual 60. Um, but uh, we we thought we would talk today about um, we thought we would talk today about that thing we do. Uh, sorry, planeswalkers as commanders. Uh, who would have thought? Um, this is going to be a great topic for me, and you know, let me tell you why. Why? Well, because I regularly, regularly, when talking about this sort of thing, refer to planeswalkers as commanders. So, Ooh. during the course of this podcast, at some <laughs> point in time, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, commander. And what I mean to say is planeswalker. So the fun game for all of you, you folks that? out there is to catch when I make this mistake. Fun game goes to our editor, me. Yeah. Uh... We can turn it into a drinking game. Hmm. So, uh, over the years that Commander's been around, um, I'm sure we've all heard uh, the debate of <laughs> whether Commander should be legal. Sorry. Wow, I'm doing it now. Ha-ha! Whether pa- Planeswalkers should be, excuse me, legal Commanders. Um, we do have a handful of legal Planeswalker Commanders um, from C14, 12? I don't know. One of those. Um, And then later for like C16. Not hard to find them. Just, you know, this is illegal. You know, this Planeswalker is legal in Commander or whatever the phrasing is at the bottom of of the Planeswalkers when they do this. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, I think they hit like a like a not necessarily a roadblock but like kind of came to the realization that this could really be busted uh when designing it when they came across uh Windgrace who uh has disrupted the idea of uh planeswalkers as commanders because he is so powerful he is just a a, a landfall engine um but uh, enough about him. We are talking today about non-legal ones and whether uh, you should feel okay to play them. Uh, and I'll... Spoiler alert. Do whatever you want, as long as people are okay with it. <laughs> That's how I feel. The end. Uh, spo- oh. Spoiler alert. Um, if you're playing outside of your playgroup... Mm-hmm. Uh, be ready with an alternate commander. Um, yes. There are going to be plenty of groups that are going to have an issue with you using a planeswalker as your commander, especially one that's not legal. So, oh yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you will definitely want to have an have a backup plan. Now, admittedly, your backup plan may suck, but you will want <laughs> to have a backup plan just just to make it easier on yourself. So. 
So let's let's start. Let's let's go kind of back and forth on reasons why or why not we should uh, even just within our playgroup feel like eh, all right. I mean, obviously, I kind of set the rule zero precedent of like if everyone's okay with it, why not? Um, but I think the biggest thing there is understanding it when your planeswalker has gone too far as your commander as like hey you're kind of doing too much that's that's not really interactive and it's it's breaking the game um i mean you can look at tezzeret who i mean sure he's a, a six mana buy a box promo but uh he has a static ability that says that all of your I think it's creatures and planeswalkers have affinity for artifacts which is crazy uh <laughs> you go you go from there you kind of go down and you're like well you know if say if they were to allow just a broad okay on all all planeswalkers as commanders then you're gonna quickly realize that like there's a growing list that end up kind of on the chopping block whether the rules committee wants to ban them or not is up to them but that's kind of where it starts and to just have an ever-growing list ever-growing ban list it 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 just gets complicated people get upset um andy i think that is sort of where where i was initially uh, where you know where my thought process had landed initially mm-hmm. um pardon me i've generally been against uh the idea of planeswalkers as commanders um mm-hmm. mostly because of what you're talking about um i think so many of them are broken um they and when they're not broken i, I think they lead to pardon me unhealthy game states where you're uh you know where it just seems like the the person who's playing that with that particular commander is just looking for for loops and ways to abuse uh, a permanent type that one is still a little harder to kill than a lot of other ones, and <laughs> and offers up three different abil- three different options every turn. And there are ways so that you can activate it even more often. And uh, it just there are so many uh, so many ways to abuse planeswalkers as a just as a a magic you know a type of magic card um right that i've always been kind of against it um and i am somebody who is all in favor of people doing what is fun uh the difficulty i've had is that it just seems like so many of these cards don't produce the fun you think they're going to produce (laughs) um you know i mean i've i've had plenty of games where i look at i mean Pick, pick your planeswalker you know if you've got somebody who does um uh somebody who bounces who, who can bounce a permanent or a creature um it's, it's so interesting because i'm of the mindset that like i couldn't care less if you use a planeswalker as a commander because like i mean we've we've played a game we've played games before where somebody just wants to use just x creature yeah as their commander which like sure it makes it a little weird but sure um and uh 
with planeswalkers i think it's like for me like understand who you're playing with yeah Uh, like you said uh have have a backup if you're playing with people you haven't played with before or if somebody's not okay with it but i i don't think like even say tomorrow if the rules committee came out and was like hey we're gonna we're gonna allow this uh but we've got this ban list like i would still be hesitant to stick word for word to the ban list if only because like i am a big proponent of playing silver bordered cards which plenty in this format Mm -hmm. could be extremely busted Um, i have been told by my play group that bob would be an acceptable commander (laughs) yeah bevy of beebles you bet um which i mean looking at underpowered Oh yeah, he's a piece of crap. Yeah, uh, I think that's why my I think that's why my play group might be okay with me playing him, uh, or probably playing them. I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the loyalty is represented by tokens, in addition to having. It's oh just, my god! Yeah, it's I I won't be doing it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. Um, I mean. You know, like you said, as long as you're enjoying it, as long as it doesn't skew the power level in the group you're playing with, then go for it. My concern was that, at least initially, was that a lot of times the the planeswalkers were skewing it. Um, right. That it was uh, like early on, <clears throat> it was hard to determine what the what the actual power of a plan what the actual power of the planeswalker would be, especially as a commander where you could recur it over and over. And then you start realizing, uh, and then I was just starting to look at it and say, okay, well, these are just crazy powerful creatures as your commanders. Well, in the last, like, two, three, four years, honestly, the strength of the Planeswalkers generally have come down mm. as as Wizards tries to get, you know, a handle on what's a what's an appropriate power level for a planeswalker because they don't want their games completely dominated by two planeswalkers just <laughs> recasting spells <clears throat> on that same note creatures have become ridiculously powerful uh to the point yeah, where it's definitely a weird switch. right to the point where i would argue now if you're choosing a creature a legendary creature from the last two or three years, you're probably getting something that's far more powerful than most of the planeswalkers that you could pick as a commander. So, uh, my my I own would... restriction about power level, in and of itself, just you know, as a you know, just by itself. Yeah, I'm generally a whole lot, a whole lot more uh, willing to I would... ignore that now. Yeah, I would argue that point up to the point where. Like, there are a lot more powerful legendary creatures, but there's a lot more, po- like, like useless legendary creatures, you know? Um, oh, yes. I, I feel like there have just been so many that are just like, like, that's just a vanilla creature. I don't know what you're saying. Um, well, where it's just, there, it's, it's the balance of uh, having so overwhelming... Uh, powerful legendaries where i think like the idea is sometimes you just want a legendary creature as your 
one of your 99. Right. Um, I look at it and say there's roughly 220 planeswalkers right now as we as we speak. By the time you hear this, there will probably be more. Um, <laughs> Hell, by the time you hear this, I'm sure planeswalkers <clears throat> may be legal. By the time we're finished this podcast, pl- there may be more <laughs> planeswalkers. In any event, I would ha- I would argue that of those planeswalkers, over half of them are simply not something that anyone would consider as as oh, a yeah. commander. And then you can even go farther than that because there are some of them that are just straight garbage. Um, there are others who, you know, would make a great commander in where you're looking at underpowered decks or you're looking at a very theme-oriented. I like a lot of the newer Planeswalkers, especially stuff from War of the Spark where you're talking about the... Oh, yeah. The static abilities. The static abilities and the uncommon planeswalkers mm. as your commander, because it really hard, it really brings for me it brings commander back to a space where uh, I mean it used to be that your legendary creatures could do one thing and it was kind of a one cool thing, or maybe it was even kind of an iffy cool thing, meaning it wasn't very powerful, but that was the one thing it did. So your Planeswalker wasn't the be-all, end-all of your deck. It was something that made your deck be a little better. Um, and that's what I feel like a lot of these underpowered Planeswalkers from War of the Spark and from some of, and from some of the more other more recent sets are. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, they focus Minus on... Oko. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's the other, the other swing, the other swing of the pendulum. Uh, right. So you get these ones that are underpowered, and then you get these other ones where wizards said, "We want to make it so that people don't play too play this planeswalker too much. So we're going to make it absolutely ridiculously powerful, but only in this one kind of deck, like Ashiok, where right. Uh... Or, so you take these ones uh, and you run them in the right deck, and then they're just they're just ridiculous, and it's it's so powerful." And, you know, if you're playing with other people who are also running this level of power, then I guess that's fine. But quite often, they're not. And it's it creates these un, unfortunate, unhappy situations. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, yeah. more choices is more fun. But just remember, uh, more choices... We're talking, we're talking about just over 200 cards here. And of those 200... I would hazard a guess that really you're looking at roughly 50 cards um, <laughs> that, that you want to add in as possible commanders. <clears throat> and of those yeah. 50 cards, I would take a wild guess and say 20, maybe 20, maybe half of them would need to be banned. Your Okos and your, uh, and your other, uh, Tezzerets <clears throat> and Ashiok. It, yeah. Right. It's just like, there's some that would end up being, ubiquitous because of their power level or because of like oh they make this thing just go so much smoother um that i mean you look at uh you look at the new jace where he copies himself right um and on first glance you're like oh that's real busted <clears throat> but realistically you're scrying a bunch and drawing but even when you're drawing you're still taking damage which is an oddly white thing for a blue card to do um 
but uh it's like like you're right they they've come down on power um with with each set um in terms of planeswalkers and it's so interesting because there is a format where planeswalkers can act essentially as your commanders and uh, i think they're probably still called commanders in brawl um where i've played numerous games of brawl on arena and i could probably count on two hands the number of times i've come across a planeswalker as a commander because it, it just even when it is legal it doesn't happen very often and granted People are playing Brawl for vastly different reasons. Um, it is less of a casual, conversational, social uh, aspect, and definitely more of like, hey, I'm playing standard with a bunch of chaff and right. trying to still well, smack the crap out of people. And to be fair, Brawl on Arena, you're talking about cards that are standard legal, so it's far right. harder to abuse <laughs> that Planeswalker. Um, if you're looking at it, uh, I mean, if you're looking for an example, I mean, Oathbreaker, the the it's a it's a very it's a variant that runs with uh, it's essentially a sixty card commander deck, um, and you can use legendary creatures or commanders. Um, they have their planeswalkers. Thank you, planeswalkers. Boom! Everybody drink one. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> but in a format like uh, like Oathbreaker. Um, it, you know how often how often are you seeing you know how often are you seeing the uh, the planeswalkers and are they broken and are they broken because uh, in oathbreaker they also have the legendary spell so i believe it's a i believe it's a sorcery or instant that matches your commander colors or that that fits within I think the so. commander and colors and you also have like a commander tax to it <clears throat> right and you can only play it when you've got anyways i'm not going to go through the rules for oathbreaker you feel free to go find it and check it out. Is that still a played format? It is. Uh, oh, cool. Less so because it's not on because it's not on arena, but I right. know it's still a played format. Um, in as much as anything gets played, because you know, obviously, we're all playing online more mostly, uh, so I'm sure it sees less play than it did a year and a half ago. <laughs> um, but it's it's still out there, and it's uh, it's still something to consider. Um, Again, though, I, I am in favor of of the Planeswalker as a commander, uh, mostly because I'm all about, you know, if you, you know, if you're looking for a fun, if, you know, if it's fun for you and fun for everybody else, then go for it. I do. Yeah, I just, don't be a dick about it. <laughs> right. I just, I do have concerns that at some point you don't want to have to rely on rule zero because then you start looking at situations where uh, the player's can't can't properly assess how powerful their deck is and i think with uh uh planeswalkers as commanders it gets that much harder to make an accurate assessment of how strong your deck is um but you know i mean keep that in mind when you're when you're duking it out so yeah and i think i think rule zero is a hard thing to enact normally anyway because like i've played magic with a lot of different people and i am generally with new people somewhat shy and it's it's hard to come across like a new play group 
talk to them about like hey this is gonna like do you guys want to play a busted game or do you want to play a game where i try some new things and it i didn't mean for it to be busted and i'll try to pilot it not busted like it's just there's there's so much context involved within like invoking a rule zero type discussion um that like i mean you hear about so often but like it's it's more complicated than that well Um, like i mean like you said here here's an example um we were at uh pax east a few years ago and uh i was playing i think it was buzzbar because it was it was essentially a silver border deck um now buzzbark has is silver bordered there's a couple other silver bordered cards in it so i asked the table right off the bat is everybody comfortable if i play with with old buzzbark and for the most part people knew me and they were like yes go right ahead so i played buzzbark and as long as you play these cards that aren't necessarily legal in commander and you're not playing it to make your deck busted, <laughs> then you're probably going to be okay. So, you know, so Buzzbark is fine. Uh, Phoebe, who, you know, you put it in somebody else's hand and then you can play their hand and it just does things that are that, that can be so broken. Right, um, like off the bat without any help from any other card. Right, just... and it's like... It's a fun card. It's interesting. And if you play it right, that's fine. But it can be so broken so easily. Well, then why are they going to agree to let you play with cards that aren't legal in Commander <laughs> if you are essentially doing things that explain why they're why they're not legal in Commander? If, I, if my Buzzbark deck could walk all over everybody because, because of what Buzzbark does then nobody would agree to play it. So if you want to play with uh, a Planeswalker who is, as your commander, who isn't legal as your commander, then keep that in mind, that you can't then say, okay, I'm going to take the abilities on this Planeswalker and I'm going to break this game. I am going to make this broken. <laughs> it's like, okay, so other than demonstrate why that card doesn't get isn't allowed to be played as a commander what have you done you know right you've you've just you've ruined some people's nights right (laughs) you've just taken an hour or two hours out of out of somebody's gameplay and you know like i mean for us at at pax east there's only so many hours at pax right i don't want to end up in a game where You know, where the game drags on for two hours and I just don't have fun the entire time. If I'm not feeling up for a game, I'm not going to then join in because I'm just not going to enjoy myself and there's only so much time. So Yeah, and like you're playing with like a bunch of people who you may not know or you you only get to see at PAX each year. And like... Exactly. It, it's like... Like, think about the context. And I think too, like alongside that same point, there's a difference between having busted things able to happen in your deck and doing those busted right. things. Like, like you know, people people talk about um, the 
the tier list, like the like different power levels, yeah. uh, always in reference to how a deck is built. But I feel like what's more important is how that deck is played. And I think we can talk about this in a different episode. Yeah. I think I'm getting a little off topic, but like piloting a deck to broken situations uh, is vastly different than having a deck that is able to do those things and even having them in hand and not doing it. Uh, well, I mean, I, which I right, f- and I've done broken things with Buzzbark, and I'm and mm-hmm. and I expect that if you want to play with uh, with a Planeswalker as your commander, that there will come times when your deck will will allow you to do broken things. But that's that's commander. We expect that every once in a while your deck is going to do broken things. It's just if your deck does broken things most of the time, <laughs> then is that because of the commander? Because honestly, if it's because you've chosen a planeswalker as your commander that isn't allowed to be a, uh, a commander, well, then you really do need to rehash your deck. I mean, players are just not going to go for this. Uh, yeah, second game you play that, uh, <laughs> nobody's going to want to play with you. Yeah, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think we have to quickly throw it to an ad, but we'll be right back. <laughs> This episode of Temple of Fallspot is brought to you by The Immortal Sun. Too many super friends super beating you? Well, do I have the answer for you. With The Immortal Sun, you'll make those super friends super bored. What good are planeswalkers if you can't activate them? Hmm? That's right. So, call right now and we'll throw in cost reduction, card draw, and anthem effects for free. Just pay the cost of six mana and being the clear and immediate threat this sun can be yours. And now back to me. <laughs> oh, thanks, me. Um, and I think, like, with this discussion, I think there's some, like, nitty-gritties that, like, have to be discussed, where it's, like, like, you play a, say, four-mana planeswalker that's pretty average four or five um you it comes out it's got four or five loyalty right off the bat you are essentially you have four or five more health buffer i mean one of the most common ways to 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 end a game of commander is having somebody's life total reach zero um and so playing a commander um, people are going to have to redirect their attention to the commander playing a planeswalker uh, everybody drink <laughs> uh, you everybody has to redirect their attention to that planeswalker and um, the ability to play it again and again and again and again is different than if you were to just have it in as your one of your 99 Um yeah, every planeswalker has has a built in uh, a built in sack outlet. It's just yeah. you know running out of loyalty, um, and most of the most of the time you can do that yourself. Like, right. I don't know that there is a commander out there that doesn't have a minus. It's a good question. There are plenty that oh. don't have pluses. No, no. Uh. Yeah, there are. There are because um, was it Elspeth is plus one, plus one, and a zero. I can't remember That's which. A good question. 
which creature I know that there are there are definitely uh, commanders that have only plus abilities but for the most part these are cards that you can you can destroy and then they come back and you know and then you can loop them um, but more to your point it adds to the length of the game yeah if if you're running a planeswalker as your commander and its loyalty is five you cast it twice well then your opponents are either looking at your looking at your commander and saying it's not worth my time in which case you're probably not really running the commander that you want to be running um, <laughs> or they're saying okay i have to redirect one of my attacks from that person to their planeswalker well that's an attack that doesn't hit somebody it doesn't do damage it's it's directed somewhere else it um it's something that a lot of people just don't consider when they when they talk about whether or not commander whether or not uh, planeswalkers should be commanders um because it does add to it, it can add to the game it, yeah and not only that i mean it's it's <clears throat> it's you are fundamentally changing how combat works um, because if you're using a legendary creature, it's easy to, as a defender, figure out if you want to put it in front or not. Um, with a Planeswalker, the attacker is doing something completely different. You're As a defender, you have to think about it completely differently. Um, and it is essentially like, like you you're doing one of three things which is like you are either using it as a meat shield um to not have to take the damage or you're using it and having you know a number of blockers trying to defend it with your life um so that you can get the ultimate off or you're using it just as like like smoke and mirrors like oh like look over here look at this distraction um um yeah but yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, it just fundamentally changes combat, which, like, I mean, is a strategy. It is a thing that... But, like, I think you have to understand that going into a game where you want to use a Planeswalker as a commander. Which, I mean, we have examples. We've got, you know, Doretti. We've got Lord Wingrace. We've got Aminatu. We've got, you know, eight or so... Well, yeah. at least. Okay, so now, to be fair, on the other side of this, we have commanders who are creatures like Aloro, where you do nothing and it gives you two life. So this is the equivalent of the Planeswalker, because mm -hmm. now the difference, though, is that with a Planeswalker, you have to actually cast it to get that meat shield benefit. Whereas Aloro <laughs> is just padding to life every time without ever actually coming out it mm. just sits there and there's no way for you to stop that so if the game goes eight turns aloro is going to pad the life total by 16 there are commanders that are creatures that are comparable <laughs> to what we're talking about with playing with the planeswalkers that right. they force you to redirect how how you treat that opponent now yeah yeah, you can't directly target a creature with with the, with your combat, but you're going to be using spells and abilities to get rid of that creature. 
if it's if it's worth it if it's causing that level of <laughs> of change uh, you know a planeswalker does this yeah so does propaganda so does ghostly prison uh you right know, yeah i can i think we can all name uh cards of each permanent type that force your opponents to deal with it thereby slowing the game down because you're forced to deal with something first before you can then start redirecting your attacks at the opponent the difference with the the difference with the planeswalker is that it really does feel like a life for life add-on yeah it's like a one for one right like manual like like there like this is this is just an extension of yeah, you there's no way around uh, this and you're essentially getting spells for free once you have it out there. Right. Um, and I think, too, like, kind of along that same line, like, not only do Planeswalkers do some of these things that, like, I mean, you know, you've got, like, it, it has the same kind of effect right. um, as some of these other permanents, but it does that and more. Like, it does that and another thing and another thing. And, like, it 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 morphs the game around it and which like again isn't to say that that's a bad thing not always like it's it, it's it's a good thing sometimes it, it it kind of freshens up things and um but my biggest thing is that you know we've got a thousand and a half uh ways to destroy creatures we've got you know 500 ways to destroy artifacts We've got like thirty ways to destroy planeswalkers. Like, they're just so hard to deal with in the general right. sense, other than just attacking, which is legitimate. But like, they're harder in a bit, like a a more broad way to deal with um, once they're on the battlefield. Right. Now, I do think Wizards is addressing this. I think that we're starting to see more and more. Uh, you know, where where when you realize that all permanents and then, you know, and then sometimes they, they specifically mention planeswalkers. So I think we're, I think wizards is trying to address this and I think we're mm -hmm. getting there. Um, you know, I would, I would say give it another four or five years and yeah. they will make, you know, and at least for a format like commander where we can draw on everything that they've done over the done since planeswalkers arrived, we'll have plenty of ways to deal with planeswalkers. It's funny too because like we like as much or as little ways to deal with planeswalkers on a card to card basis like it's hell of a lot better than the alternative which is to just errata destroy target creature as destroy target creature or planeswalker yeah. like that would break things infinitely more yeah. and I would rather just wait I'd rather just wait for these cards to happen and then maybe talk about right the legality again yeah. no i agree with you i appreciate the difficulty in killing a planeswalker right now um but <laughs> i uh, i do think it is going to get better um the other uh difficulty with with having your planes having a, a command a commander that's a planeswalker um is when you're running uh when you're running super friends Mm. Um, we see this in in that sort of a deck. Now, sorry for those of you who are wondering. When I say super friends, generally these are decks. I'm talking about you and me. We're super friends. 
Yep. Best of the best, Bruce. Best buds. BFFs. <laughs> um, what I'm talking about for the decks is decks that tend to be loaded down with Planeswalkers. So there's multiple Planeswalkers. So by the time, you know, they play one, and then the next turn they play another, and the next turn they play another. And it used to be there were so few Planeswalkers that when somebody would play one, if, it, if you needed to make it dead, the table could make it dead. You just all go and you can get rid of it. With Super Friends, there gets to be so many of the, so many Planeswalkers that there's a good chance that you can't kill them all. Mm. So then the, the, the numbers, you, you're playing a numbers game at that point and then you start losing. Um, and then you start finding cards that do wonderful things for all Planeswalkers. Like, oh, I don't know. Commanders that proliferate, or commanders, oh or commanders that do other things that that allow you to, you know, yeah, or things like Oath of Teferi, <laughs> where you can, you know, activate a planeswalker twice, right, or, or the Chain Veil, or um, right, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of options that you can go into. So, the whole idea with this, the the idea with the Super Friends thing, um, is you just there's an overwhelming number. Um, and it gets to it gets to be difficult. Um, yeah. And if if your commander is added into the fray of these of this volume of planeswalkers, um, it just gets that much harder to get rid of it um, because the deck becomes even more tuned to keeping planeswalkers alive or to letting you control, you know, how many loyalty go here or there or shifting everything around. Um, it just gets so much harder to run. So my question is, so Andy, we've talked it back and forth. Mm-hmm. Where where are you landing? I'm landing somewhere in the middle, honestly. Like I I I feel a strong link to you know how I felt before of like if that's what you want to do, do it. Um there are definitely some commanders or drink uh there are definitely some planeswalkers that i uh would never play as as commanders i mean the old the old planeswalkers were busted um because they they didn't know how to uh balance the the abilities and i mean even to the extent where you look at cards like Tevish Zot from Commander Legends, where you know he's got a a ult ability of like I think minus ten, and you take uh, all commanders from all zones and put them on to the battlefield under your control, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. And like that sounds busted, but also like there's enough knobs on it that they have done better to keep it balanced um obviously with that there's also the knowledge of tevish zod existing and i mean this goes for any planeswalker as commander you see it coming um for the big busted plays but also i don't know um i i think it for me it still kind of comes down to not even necessarily talking to your playgroup about it bring it up have something have a backup ready but like bring it up um build it for sure i mean that building building a deck's a lot of fun 
piloting it is also fun but those are two different things um i think having planeswalkers as commanders depends on many things the first obviously is what planeswalker second right. obviously is who's playing it third obviously is who you're playing it against um and i mean i think i think the sweet spot is kind of where magic origins had it where you have a legendary creature in the command zone and then you get it out you meet a requirement and their spark ignites and you flip them and they're they're a planeswalker now your jace you've got your nissa um i'm sure there's a liliana oh yes you've got gideon uh and i can't remember the fifth one so uh but also magic origins was years before i played magic (laughs) um but i think that's kind of the sweet spot of like you've got flexibility you've got uh a variety of things you can do with it you've got a variety of things of how you can build the deck around it um granted with those specific examples they're monocolored so it's just kind of but um you can have a lot of fun with it both building it to not necessarily be optimized but also playing it even if it is an optimized deck playing it to be fun right yeah <laughs> Um, well, so uh, yeah, that's kind of where I stand with it. So I think this is one of those situations where I think we're going to land, well, I wouldn't say opposite, but we're definitely not going to land in the same, in the same place. Um, I would say that I'm going to take a, a more, a more general stand and suggest that this is just not, uh, this is not an option that we really want to be going into. <clears throat> if you're playing with your local playgroup, um, they know you, they know what you're intending to try and do, and they're willing to give you the slack to try it. And if it turns out that this Planeswalker as a commander is Busto, they're willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. You didn't know. Fine. Let's just not do that again. Right. So they're fine. Um, the difficulty lies in when you go outside of your playgroup. Um, as soon as you start playing with people who don't know you, um, with uh, with planeswalkers, that quite honestly, uh, the range and power level is so widespread, and it's already so difficult to determine what is the power level on a deck. Adding a planeswalker as your commander, I think expands the possibilities of what your deck could be as far as power level if you've got a regular creature as your commander then you can say well my deck is between like a a five and a seven most of the time it plays around a six i think when you've got a planeswalker you're looking at my deck is i i aim for it to be a seven and i think it plays somewhere between a five and an eight (laughs) <laughs> and realistically, you kind of widen the range. Right. And realistically, you don't know how it's going to play. So when you've got a deck that could play that wide a range, 
Well, I mean, that's that's great if you happen to run into a group that's sitting at the top end of that range, but it's too many times you're going to create games that just aren't fun for everybody. Um, and that's that's yeah. my main concern is I want games to be fun for everyone. And I have concerns that that uh, a planeswalker as a commander, especially, as I said, the ones that aren't designed to be commanders, um, will make it that much harder to create games that are fun for everyone. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to say don't do it, but do keep it in mind. Uh, do be aware. I'm going to say don't do it, but don't do it. <laughs> well, be aware that this is what's going to happen. I mean, if, yeah. you know... Maybe once you've played your deck 20 or 30 times, you'll know exactly what, you know, what snaps it and what makes your your commander either too powerful or not powerful enough. Or, or maybe you're going to choose, a, maybe you'll just choose a Planeswalker that you know is underpowered in an effort to try and at least keep the range low. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I appreciate all of these efforts. Um, I just, I think that uh, Rule Zero is already... You know struggling to hold this format together and adding <laughs> in uh planeswalkers as your commander especially when you're playing with people you don't know who are trying to make an assessment of how good your deck is you're just making it that much harder and upping the chance that the games just won't be that much fun so yeah i think that's a good point i think like uh i think like we like we don't come across enough situations that would be like like big enough for uh like rules committee rulings right. type uh and i think with that like i think that things like this is just a fun thought experiment but i honestly think that if they like if they thought it was a good idea they would have done it by now i think where i end up standing is this idea that if it ends up ever being a thing it will be once planeswalkers are easier to deal with um, I expect so and I look forward to, yeah. I look forward to it so yeah so I think that's gonna do it for us tonight uh, we are temple of false bud where our decks aren't optimized but our plays sure as heck are fun I'm I'm Andy I'm Bruce thanks for listening toodles thank you for listening yeah <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, and have a great night, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Hey, everyone. Andy here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Temple of the False Spot. Just a few housekeeping things here at the end of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. Subscribe and give us a review. It really helps out the show. And it'll show us what you like about our podcast. Uh, also, we've got a Twitter and an Instagram. Our handle is falsepodmtg, all one word. So be sure to follow us. Feel free to reach out to us there or drop us an email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com and tell us your favorite magic-related story. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again to you and to Bruce. He's Mana Burned on Twitter, and I'm Andy Weekend on Twitter and Twitch. We're Temple of the False Pod, where our decks aren't optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Have a great night, and may your fifth land be the temple.